Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, August 23, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first order of business is we have what's called, and this is a technical term, we have what's called play it again, Sam scenario. So the market recocked the weapon. Last week it went down and made another low. We'll get back to that later. Keep that on the front burner. And now all of a sudden today, once again, we have new all-time highs. We have a new closing high. Couple of things on the immediate docket. The first thing is we have the whole Jackson Hole slash Kabuki Theater stuff going on. This is where the Fed meets. They have a powwow. They discuss monetary policy and all the stuff they discuss all the time anyway. But they get together for a Kabuki vacation in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Well, because of the pandemic, and this may be the second time in a row, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they're going to do it via video conference slash Zoom slash whatever it is they use. Either way, the reason why this is important, because there's been some pretty big Federal Reserve decisions that were tipped off slash discussed at, kicked off at the Jackson Hole meeting. So we need to pay attention to the Kabuki vacation. Even though it's a virtual vacation, we'll pay attention anyway. Could the market be running up into this time frame, then sell off a little bit again? Anything's possible. We have it on the radar screen. It's on the docket. The next thing I want to discuss, and this is relevant for something we're going to discuss later, but now we're going to discuss the short-term cycles that we reviewed of recent. So a couple of weeks ago, I started talking about short-term cycles, and there were two. One would culminate on Friday the 13th or the following Monday, which was the 16th. Well, guess what? Let's move this over and let's refresh our memory of what we have. So the high so far before the pullback was the 16th. Now, we didn't say that was going to be an all-time high or anything like that. We just said it was a short-term cycle. Kabish, That's right. You can go back to the videotape. The second thing we discussed was another short-term cycle that would culminate the following weekend, let's say Friday or Monday. Now, what do we have? We look back and we say, okay, all of a sudden it's pretty interesting. The market bottomed on the 19th, and here we are, and that was one day before the following weekend. So the following weekend was the 19th or the following day, which is today of the 23rd. Here we are, all of a sudden, at new all-time highs again. So while the second cycle wasn't spot on in terms of timing, the market made a top on a short-term cycle. It went down into a bottom pretty close to another short-term cycle. There's a method to the madness. Stay with me. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm going somewhere with this. Here we are in no man's land, and there's two things in front of us. A, we have 448.90, 450.25. We're pretty close to those numbers. When I have important numbers that I believe are important, The market tends to get magnetic and be drawn to those numbers. Whether it's headed southbound or northbound doesn't matter. It tends to be drawn to those numbers like a magnet. I'm going to say that zone, 448.90 to 450 and a quarter, 
is important. Now, they could have hit it today. Maybe they hit it tomorrow. Maybe they come up short, pull back for a couple of days, and then go to 450. I'm not 100% sure exactly how this takes place. I don't know the schematic they may take getting up to that zone, but here's what I am pretty certain of at this point, that they're going into that zone. That's another item. I don't know whether it's two, three, or four, but here's another item. There's another cycle coming up. It's not really one of the same short-term cycles we just went through. Here's where the method to the madness follows through. Let me explain. This one is a little bit more important, meaning a longer-term type of cycle. So I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to it, but here's the deal. It's not right around the corner. It's not like within days. Let's just say it's into September. I'm not going to pin down a date just yet. I don't want the scuttlebutt slash banter back and forth around that date and why it's there and all that junk. For now, I'm going to keep the date under wraps. But here's the point. If the market's trading up into that date, based on the activity around the last two cycles, based on the 448.90 and 450.25, I'm thinking that could be a pretty big deal. Let me explain something just a touch further. Let's use a hypothetical scenario. The market is trending up. Each bar is a day. It doesn't really matter what it is. Maybe it's a week. And the market's trending up and down, and it goes all over the place, and then finally, it gets to a specific spot. And once it gets to a specific spot, all of a sudden, things change. Maybe it puts in a reversal up here. Maybe this is the last day that it's at that spot and it falls away. And maybe it trades around here for another week, a few more days, something like that, and then it falls away. What happens is you look back in time, after the fact, weeks later, months later, years later, and you look at an important number, and you look at what a market did leading up into an important number, and you don't have the benefit of hindsight when you're in real time. Let's consider right now, we're in real time. Not every single day, we're not watching for a turn every single day, we're watching for a turn in a specific time frame, kind of like anywhere between now and 450 on the SPY, give or take, and let's just say sometime over the next few weeks. Let's just say that is the case. Somewhere in there, let's say the market finds the number, it turns around, it starts going down, and then you look back in time, and if you're looking at a daily chart, maybe you have two, three, four, five bars at or above the number, and then finally the market trades away, couple of weekly bars above the number, then the market trades away. All those things are possible, probable, they happen all the time. The numbers that I provide you are the numbers that I figure out based on the method that I use to figure them out. That doesn't mean the market stops on a dime every single time, obviously. But those of you that remember the way in which I calculated and came up with that 448.90 to 450 and a quarter, the closer we get, the more important I'm thinking that is. Obviously, you can sense that by this conversation. So what I'm trying to say in a lot of words is that they can hang around there for a while. They can go back and forth. It doesn't always have to be a hit and run. However, the closer we get to this number, 
the more attention I'm paying to the market action from an intraday perspective, a daily perspective, an internal perspective. And what I mean by internals is, what are the internals of the market doing? Are a top select few number of stocks really carrying the market? Are the majority of stocks above or below their 50-day moving average, their 200-day moving average, their 50-week moving average, their 200-week moving average? Where are all those things? Where is the advanced decline line? What's going on with the internals? A little bit of a soapbox operation going on, but maybe you could sense that I'm thinking we're getting pretty darn close to the big turn. We may have to see a bit of a blow-off top. Maybe they go higher than 450. Maybe they go to 455, 460. In the big scheme of things, if the timing is going to be right, it's not going to matter. For now, let's not forget, the trend is your friend until she throws you off the second story window. Before we move on to other charts, I also want to make mention of a couple of other things. We're in the midst, and we've been here for a long, long time. It's good to reiterate these things every now and again. We're in the midst of climbing the wall of worry. That's the way the market works. You got stuff going on all around the world, namely Afghanistan. It's a debacle. Regardless of how you feel about it, it's a debacle any way you look at it. The market doesn't even notice. This is how the market climbs the wall of worry. If the sentiment was negative and this kind of Afghanistan stuff took place, the market would be down hard and that would be a convenient excuse. The market's headed to a destination in both price and time. Once it gets there, it'll be over, but until it gets there, the wall of worry is operational, meaning the market doesn't really give a hoot about any external forces other than where it's headed and by when. At new highs, it doesn't really make sense to look at a bunch of other charts in terms of the 240, the 120, the hourly. They're at new highs. Inside the numbers, as you might imagine, there's not a lot going on. The market was a gap and go. It leaves traders holding the bag on days like today. Sometimes there's a trade here, a trade there, but unless you're willing to hop on and chase the market, this is not a trader's type of tape. A gap and go, a trending market is not a trader's friend. So be it. We accept what Mrs. Market provides on a daily basis, and we move on to the next day. Happy Monday. They recocked the weapon last week. The dominant thing is the trend. She's your friend until she's not. The numbers are pretty straightforward. 445 was the key to another leg higher. They were hanging out there in the pre-market. Once they got above it, they filled a gap, they got to the highs, and they kept going. There's not really a lot more to really pick apart, peel back the onion, or unpack out of today's scenario. What I'm going to do is scroll up, pause the video, read the notes. There's stuff in here, there's stuff to learn, but we don't have to spend a lot of time on a trending market type of day. When there's a lot to be derived from inside the numbers, a lot to learn, a lot of information, a lot of stuff that you can take to another intraday session, then we go over it in detail. Day like today, it's a trending market. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, see what's what. There are numbers here, there's stuff to think about. But all in all, what we're gonna do here is just finish the notes and then we'll scroll back down to take it a look at the stocks on the move list where, again, here, 
nothing hit its number. We had one opportunity that showed up around mid-morning. It was Alibaba. I had 152 as the spot. They came up less than a buck short, and they took back off. And you can see current price, meaning where they finished the day, about 161. That was too bad. AstraZeneca was hovering above the number all day. They closed right above the number. So that one doesn't really count. From a stocks on the move perspective, nothing hit its number. They're off the board. No trades. But wait. There's more. Since it was basically a zero day inside the numbers, let's take an opportunity to review an interesting chart setup. Norwegian Cruise Line. I'm going to show you the definition. When you open the dictionary and you look up full stack, this is what's going to pop out when they do a history lesson on this trade. Buy area, 22.95. Not tomorrow, not Thursday. It was last week. This was put out for the lazy swing trader members. Let me explain the full stack aspect of this trade. So on the daily chart, we have what we always describe as a breakup candle. So you have a breakup candle low, and that low comes in at 22.62. Fair enough. So last week, all of a sudden, you have Norwegian cruise lines coming down to do what? To run a test of a breakup candle low. What was the low on the 19th? 22.59. Just pennies from where? The breakup candle low. Okay, now we've seen that, I don't know about dozens, but certainly hundreds, if not thousands of times. By the way, when did we enter the trade? On Friday, the 19th. But wait a minute, that's just the beginning of the stack. How about the fact that it came to run a test of the breakup candle low on time. What does that mean? If you've taken the course, Lazy E-mini Trader, you know what that means. If you haven't, you have to try and guess to figure it out. What else we got? Well, we have a low, we have a higher low, and we have a higher low yet again. That's the market's way of telling you that it's creating or even showing you it's creating its own support area by virtue of creating a trend line doesn't go from exact pivot low to pivot low to pivot low to create the perfect trend line. We're not in search of perfect in this business. We're in search of things that make logical sense. To me, when I see it come in to test a breakup candle low on time and putting in, at the time, ing, because it was during the day on Friday, putting in another higher low, I'm not worried about the exact trend line that the market may or may not create. That's for the textbook people. So just on this daily chart, I got a full stack bar none. But wait, there's more. I go over to the weekly chart because I want to confirm what's going on. Is the larger time frame chart indicating something different than I'm seeing on the daily chart? I would want to know about it. So I come to the weekly chart and we see what? Well, let me explain how I view this. So we have a couple of important things. We have a reversal candle. This candle here, the week of 723, is a reversal candle. What does that mean to me looking at this chart right now for the purposes of this trade? It means that there were buyers in there. Somewhere along the line, down here, what was the low? 2128. So somewhere 2150, 2122. Eight in that lower area of the 21s. 
the defense was sent out on the field, and there were buyers that bought up Norwegian Cruise Line, which means they own it. Which means if it comes back down there, the defense is going to be sent out on the field again until they get knocked on their ass. How do they get knocked on their ass? By closing a week below the low, they had the reversal. That's the way it works. So what do we have here on the weekly chart? Wait till you see this. We have the reversal week, and now it's creating, even though they've run some tests lower down towards that 21 and change area, but we really have more looking like a bullish flaggish thing inside the reversal candle. Okay, I like that. It's riding underneath the 50-week moving average. So it's not necessarily being rejected by the 50-week moving average, but maybe it's eating time off the clock, building energy to bust through the 50-week moving average. Okay, I like that too. What else do we have on the weekly chart? Well, how about this one? And go back to the course, lazy e-mini trader. Yup, it's also on time. I mean, is this enough information to take a trade? I got to tell you, I didn't even need everything I just described off the weekly and the daily chart to take this trade. What I can tell you is the information, not even everything I discussed to you, but if you add everything in, I'm going to take this trade 347 out of 100 times. How about the monthly chart? Now, to the naked eye, this looks absolutely fugly. You know what it looks like? It looks like a bearish wedgish thing that's coming down here like this, they're creating that wedgish thing, and they're going to do this again. Isn't that right? And that is right, but in between, they trade in this channel here. And guess what? Let me wipe this off, and now let's look at it a different way. Look at this month. The low was 21.88. That's a breakup candle, and from a monthly chart perspective, they came down to run a test of the monthly chart breakup candle low. So when you add all these things together, daily chart, weekly chart, monthly chart, all that stuff, it's even better than a full stack. This is a list of items on one chart or one particular stock where you dream about finding these things all at once. The challenge isn't taking the trade. The challenge is finding a chart that looks like this. 22.95 in, the rest is history. Some traders took the trade buying the stock. Other traders took the trade buying an option. Traders that took the trade buying an option has already put some of the profit in our pocket when it reached about 40% profit on the option. So what do we have now? We have a risk-free, emotionless trade. How you doing? Obviously, I know what you're thinking. They're not all winners. We had a crap sandwich recently. We're not going to win every trade. But we get these, we like these, and we're not going to stop putting these out on the table. What's going on over in Camp IWM? They get creamed last week, closed below the important spot, and here they are one day later right back up above. As the S&P rallies to whatever its final destination it's going to be, so the IWM is going to come up and first run a test into these moving averages, into this area that's what? The most recent area where the whole thing broke down. So what is going to happen? They're going to run back up to retest the former breakdown area. We discuss this at least three to four times every single day. Why do we discuss this? Because we always find charts where something is doing just that. 
so it pays to know about it. A, that area acts magnetic, so don't be surprised when you find the IWM up at around 223, 224 at some point this week. When you look at the bigger picture perspective, here's the monthly chart, nothing has changed. This thing topped out earlier in the year, in March, and it's been going back and forth doing nothing ever since. Other markets have made new highs. This hasn't made a new high. That's important information. If it does make a new high, that's important information too. But this is my favorite market leading indicator, and for it to go back and forth a few bucks here and there, that's normal garden variety market behavior. The folks down at the transportation department, what you'll find interesting about the area at today's high happens to be just a few dollars over the 14760 that we've been talking about. Why do I bring that up? Well, because it validates the fact that that's an important spot. When you see a market running a test and being rejected away from that spot, it doesn't have to be a tremendous rejection, but it is in fact a rejection from an intraday perspective of that spot. Doesn't mean they won't eat time off the clock, build some energy, get through it tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, but right now, it's an important spot. So guess what? Once they're back over that spot, if they are back over that spot, it will then become, and you got it, support. We'll do a little trade school 101 with a hypothetical. Let's just say, and we don't know this, we're just saying, remember, let's just say over the next couple of days, the transports go up like this, and they go up here, and they go up here. Then all of a sudden, we can say that this spot is support. Now, all of a sudden, let's just say later on, they come back here. The first time they come back to revisit the spot that was then the breakout area, which today is resistance, once they're through it, it becomes, by definition, a breakout area on a shorter time frame. It's not a huge breakout area. It's just a breakout area. Usually, more often than not, and we use the 80-20 rule when assessing the market, 80% of the time, the same shit's going to happen over and over and over again. So if they get above this spot, when they come back on the first time, we don't want sloppy seconds, on the first run back down, there's a high probability that's a trade. They're going to bounce off that spot. They're running a test. Hey, if it's not a successful test, you'll know it. How do you know it? Because they're going to start getting below, closing candles below, closing hourly below. you got to cut and run. But generally speaking, they're going to bounce off that spot. They'll fill the gap underneath, but that general area within a stone's throw, within spitting distance, within points of that spot, they're going to bounce off of it and try and go back up in the other direction. That's just the way the market works the majority of the time. What about the Silicon Valley people, the Q people? Now that is a recocking of the weapon. And we know the story. The Qs are top-heavy. They're still buying up the names we know, the FANG Plus stocks, all that stuff. Keeps driving the Qs higher. That's fine. Once they get to time and destination, that's it. It'll be game over. Let me give you some food for thought. So we just talked about Norwegian Cruise Line, and I showed you that chart, and we had that reversal candle. Now, it's not the same exact look because you weren't going down into that period with this candle here, but take a look at this candle, and then look what happened after that for a few or several weeks. It was one of those bullish, flaggish things inside the reversal candle. That's the same thing we saw 
on the weekly Norwegian cruise line chart, only we traded down into that spot, which is even more of a bullish type of thing because the market's not at a high. You're not trying to buy high and sell higher. You're buying a pullback on time with something to trade against. What does that mean? Well, guess what? If they get below this, like I said before, then the defense is on their ass. You cut and run. As long as you know where you're wrong before you even get into the trade, and the objective is if you have to lose, you lose small and fast. That's the name of the game. That's running it as a business. We got back off the rail to the Norwegian track real quick, but we're going to get back on our main line, the XLF. So we're not at a new all-time high, but the XLF is hanging around 38. We know 38 was important from before. There's really nothing to discuss. They're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until she throws you off the roof. How about Smash Mouth? And by the way, here's a great example of something we discussed last week. What did I say about Smash Mouth? It was on time. Different kind of time. It's in the course, lazy e-mini trader. Just like that, right back above all the moving averages. You can put this one in perspective by flipping over to the weekly chart. What did they do last week? They ran down to run a test of the 20-week moving average and bounced off of it. They're above all the moving averages on the weekly chart, the daily chart, the monthly chart. The trend is your friend until it's over. And that, my friends, is really the moral of the story. It will be over. It will come to an end when she's ready. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.